I'm Gary Bard, founder and editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com, and your host for our weekly caregiving podcast series. In this podcast, we will introduce you to many of the leading caregiving thought leaders, authors, experts, and even caregivers with famous faces who have graced the covers of our magazine. Author Mary Moreland is a lawyer and a single parent of two teenage sons. And in her new book, Loving and Supporting Some with Alzheimer's, Mary details her firsthand experience caring for a parent living with Alzheimer's disease. And within the pages of this important book, Mary translates her most painful journey into help for other families facing this devastating illness. She also reveals her process through the stages of grief as she struggles to come to term with her mother's Alzheimer's diagnosis in the wake of her father's passing. In loving and supporting someone with Alzheimer's, Mary Moreland walks readers through the earliest phases of the disease all the way to her mother's deathbed while providing practical advice on navigating critical caregiving matters. And it's such a pleasure for you to join us here today, Mary. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Mary, what inspired you to write this book and what do you want caregivers to get out of uh, reading the book? So I, I really like to think of the book as Alzheimer's 101. Um, as you mentioned, you know, I, I, I guess I could say I had the opportunity to be on the journey with my mother, really from diagnosis to deathbed. And in having that experience, I just learned so much about caregiving, about Alzheimer's, about grief. And I wanted to share that with other people. It really is the book that I wish I could have given to my other self, to my younger self. And I hope that it's helpful for people. I've organized the chapters by topic. So legal documentation, talking to children about Alzheimer's, choosing types of care, the end of life experience. Um, and my mother was a poet. Uh, so I've also included several of her poems in the book. So there's a memoirs section, which gives you a practical, you know, the real life fixes and experience that we had together. There's a research tip section to each chapter. And then you get to enjoy one of mom's poems, many of which are about her own mother. So I find that kind of humorous that I wrote a book about my mother and she was writing poems about her mother. It's wonderful. It's the, it's the process of, of life, a process of living. And I love that you uh, called it a, a, a opportunity, opportunity to be on this journey with your mother, because I think in many ways it really is. Um, what advice do you have for caregivers as they start their own process of being an Alzheimer's caregiver? Uh, so I think my first uh, kind of piece of advice for caregivers through the journey is to embrace the present. I spent a lot of time being very concerned about the future and where we would end with the disease that I think in retrospect and not to beat myself up, I, that's not my intention, but I wish I had really appreciated all of those moments at the beginning and the middle part of the disease where 
you know, make good memories where she still could come to my children's events at schools, where we still could socialize when she still knew who I was. So obviously you have to plan for the future, but you shouldn't live in the future. And, and that's one thing I think is important. Another matter is to allow yourself to grieve. You know, I had this understanding and I had just convinced myself in my mind that because I knew she had Alzheimer's I grieved that diagnosis and therefore I had grieved the disease so when things would happen I would say to myself well you knew she had Alzheimer's Mary you know you knew that but that's just not the way dementia and Alzheimer's works there's not one loss there are many losses and it's important just to allow yourself you know, to have all those feelings. It's not self-indulgent. It's really important to allow yourself to feel that grief. And then the third um, item is to ask, not presume. So a lot of times because of my mother's diagnosis and where she was in the journey, I made presumptions for her. You know, for example, that she would like to stay at home. Uh, instead of going out somewhere, but, but really in retrospect, and, and I knew my mother very well, so I, I could have been right about other, all those things. I wish I would have asked more about what she was thinking and, and what she wanted to do. That's, that's nice. We don't want to infantilize our loved ones or make uh, assumptions out of thin air based on the disease they happen to be living with. And it, it actually, I think, is, is helpful uh, treating them as an you know equal member on this on this journey. What did you learn that you want to share with us about the best advice for caring for yourself? Uh, so I love that question because it really is one of the reasons why I wrote the book. Um, you know, I engaged in some self care. I, I would say, but what I didn't do was talk to other people who were going through the same thing. And I think that that would have been very helpful for me to do that. Because now that I've learned more about Alzheimer's, ironically, I learned a lot more about Alzheimer's writing and researching my book than I probably knew at the beginning and mid stages of my mother's disease. But there are so many people affected by this disease. I think the Alzheimer's Association statistic is that it's the sixth leading cause of death in the US and kills more people than prostate cancer and breast cancer combined. Uh, so that means that you love someone who has this disease or you probably love someone who is caring for someone who has the disease, or at a minimum, you know someone who knows someone who's going through the same thing. So that's what I found out when researching the book, that every time I reached out to someone, I heard, my grandmother has this, oh, my mother has that, you know, my wife's mother has that. Um, so uh, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there, I apologize. Um, but so I, I think it's important to, you know, talk to people. And one thing I also learned was that a lot of people aren't comfortable going to a support group. Uh, they don't have the time to do it, or they don't have the desire to do it, or 
they they just don't want to share those intimate thoughts. But that's why magazines like Family Caregiver, you know, caregiver.com, there's some good podcasts out there you can listen to. There's Alzheimer's Connect. Uh, that is kind of a chat room of the Alzheimer's Association. There's the helpline of the Alzheimer's Association. There are, you know, outlets that you know of, Gary, and advertise um, and highlight that are helpful for people. So I, I think it's really important to reach out and have conversations with others about how they're handling the challenges, how they're paying for care, you know, just all of those things. And at a minimum, you know, you might learn something, you might make a new friend. Yeah, isolation is really, it's easy to do, but it's the enemy of good caregiving. You know, yes. that if, mm -hmm. if they, they read your book, if they go online, if they hopefully come read today's caregiver or, or go to caregiver.com or go to any of our conferences or talk to the caregiver who's sitting five seats away from them at three in the morning in the hospital emergency room or who they're in a pharmacy waiting line and they hear the story the caregivers telling the pharmacist in front of them. That's an opportunity to reach out and find another expert in care because every caregiver is an expert in caring for their loved one, but there's a lot of, a lot of overlap, you know, and you and you yourself, you uh, document detail your journey from the beginning of your caregiving to the end of your caregiving. And I was just wondering, were there any surprises that you found um, with regards to your mom's end of life experience? The book starts with my father's uh, passing. And that's the moment when I became the primary caregiver for my brother, which I think is probably very typical of a lot of people. I don't know that, but I imagine that. Um, and I had envisioned the end of Alzheimer's as something like you might see in the movies where someone sort of drifts off to a peaceful sleep. And I had this idea that she would have this moment of lucidity at the end. I don't know where I got that idea because her doctor movies. kept telling me, yes, movies, that's just not how this disease works. Um, and other people told me that I would feel this great sense of relief because mom was in a different place and, you know, she wasn't suffering anymore and that, you know, we would have gone through this journey and then there would be this great sense of relief. And I didn't feel a sense of relief at all, you know, and in talking to other people, it sounds like some people do and some people don't, and it's just how you personally grieve. But that hit me like a ton of bricks because I was expecting that sense of relief. And I kept thinking, you know, Alzheimer's, you're a thief and you've stolen so many things from us. And now you took our sense of relief. So that was surprising to me. But to cap that with an opportunity, because we keep coming back to that word, uh, one thing I did remind myself during the course of her disease was that it was an opportunity for me to model and teach my children the importance of caring for their loved ones and how to still love someone, even though that person has a disease and maybe isn't sure who they are or, you know, doesn't know what day it is. So that 
that was something that I kept reminding myself as, of as the disease continued, uh, just the opportunity, if you will, to model something positive for them. And that was something I think that brought me a bit of resilience. Yeah, I think that's great. They, they say little pictures have big ears, little pictures also have big eyes and they have yeah. big hearts and you can destroy their hearts and surprise negatively what they see when you're not caring for your loved one as best as you can. And frankly, that's whatever care you give is probably the care you'll get. So selfishly. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> See, you didn't even think about that. And you still wanted to model. That. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But they definitely picked up on everything. And I think it was very hard for them to see their mother grieve because, you know, I, I am a single parent. So they, you know, I, I would like to think they've seen a mom who's kind of handling a lot of different things. So I think it was hard for them to see their mother upset, like for any child, no matter what disease, just even growing old, loved ones who grow old. But I do think it's a good opportunity. Yeah, no, and and giving is is getting in this case. You don't get into caregiving because you think you'll get something at, at the end of it, <laughs> just the kind of person that you, you are. Um, and speaking of which, uh, you um, are donating a percentage of the proceeds of the book to a really great organization called AWARE. Can you yes. walk me through what AWARE is and why you're donating a percentage of the proceeds of the books to them? Yes, I'm donating a percentage of profits <laughs> um, to AWARE. And AWARE is affiliated with the Alzheimer's Association. It stands for the Alzheimer's Women's Auxiliary for Resources and Education, which is a long name. But it actually is a group, I live in Houston, that was started by a number of Houstonians. One of them was a very dear friend of my mother's. And all of these Houstonians had been affected by Alzheimer's or dementia in some way. And it was just an ordinary group of people about 25 years ago who wanted to come together and do fundraising. Originally, the idea, which I loved, was to raise money for caregivers, oh. you know, to help with caregiving for people who couldn't afford caregivers. Now, it, the money is used for, you know, a number of different, um, you know, items, and it's an affiliate of the Alzheimer's Association, but I thought it would be, you know, it, it makes it easy for people to give back if they want to. It's a tribute to my mom and her friends who have had loved ones uh, who lived with the disease. So I thought that that would be, you know, a, a nice thing to do. That, that, that is nice. And it's a great organization. And uh, you, hopefully you'll do well with the book so you could do good um, for AWARE and teach a lot of caregivers uh, about the lessons you went through. And, and I, I, we always say that you know, you become a caregiver, you become the CEO of Caring for Your Loved One, Inc. But there's no textbook or guidebooks. Maybe there is now. So thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it. I, I know not everyone will agree with my point of view, because like you say, caregiving is different from everyone. People's experiences are different, but hopefully there's something there where we turn our experience more into a positive and it's helpful for um, 
other people. That's really my hope. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for what you do. And thank you for writing the book. And um, hope to see you next time I'm in Houston. Oh, great. I would love that. Thank you.